Do you ever wonder why some podcasts are so successful? Do you wish that you could replicate the success of some of the top podcasts? So do we. And we believe there is no harm in asking. So we're questioning everything about how podcasts are produced, hosted, and monetized. This is No Harm in Asking. I'm Eric Byron. And I'm Michael Kerr, always ready to share my thoughts. We review podcasts and look for what makes them great. This week, we'll be reviewing S-Town and the Trojan Horse Affair with Brian Reed. This podcast is sponsored by Colab.me, the free-to-use platform for interview planning, preparation, and collaboration. Spoiler alert! If you're listening to this and you have an interest in listening to either S-Town or the Trojan Horse Affair, you should listen to them first. (laughs) Then listen to this review because we're going to tell you some of the story and likely how they end. Okay. So, Michael, we picked two. Was this this just indecisive? (laughs) Why? Well, I think you, uh, I don't think you wanted to listen to six and a half hours of uh, two separate podcasts or at least cram it into our weekly schedule. So we've decided to tag team this one. You know, I think it was a good idea. All right. So you listened to S-Town. I listened to S-Town. That's correct. Okay. And I listened to The Trojan Horse Affair. So they're both stories told by Brian Reed. And here we are, years later. At the end of a dizzying, farcical, and enraging investigation, in which one mystery led to another, led to another, tracing this letter's path of destruction across multiple continents. In defiance of many unhappy officials and some aggressive attempts to shut our reporting down. From Serial Productions and The New York Times, I'm Brian Reed. I'm Hamza Syed. Presenting to you the most elaborate student project ever. This is The Trojan Horse Affair. So let's talk a little bit. There's a couple of interesting things I want to point out on this. So this is not typical of a regular podcast series that we review because it is a both of them were limited series. They're a set of chapters or right. parts. And when the story is done, the podcast is done. Yeah, right? S-Town really wants to come across as a, a, a novel. They've named the um, the episodes chapters intentionally. And you're supposed to absorb it very much like a book. And so the website that you listen to it on has elements of being book-like. Okay. And that was absolutely their intention. And I think that they've done a really good job of trying to convey that. Yeah. So kind of an audio book. Absolutely. Okay. The Trojan Horse Affair, definitely an elaborate story told over about seven hours in eight parts. And yeah, just a complex story with many characters and elements to it. So let's talk a little bit about Brian Reed, though. So he's the guy behind both of these. Uh, What did you dig up about Brian? Yeah, Brian Reed obviously is a a Northern Eastern American who was born and raised in in Connecticut. He now lives in uh, New York. He got his or cut his teeth at This American Life, the podcast that uh, we should review. It originally started off as a as an NPR program for many, many years, eventually has become somewhat more popular as a podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a senior producer on that and has been for at least five to seven years. Okay. And that 
uh, and so S-Town was essentially a, I think what would, is fair is to say that there was a, another podcast called Serial, which was a spinoff of This American Life. And then S-Town would be a spinoff of that Serial podcast. Now, Serial is a, is a crime podcast, but S-Town, despite the fact that, you know, it starts to go down the, the crime genre really turns into a story about the people in a Southern town. But nevertheless, Brian Reed is this very sensitive, hesitating, sort of transparently liberal male. And that plays a very key role in mixing with the sort of the Southern characters. It's really quite a dichotomy when you see what he's able to do um, within this context. Yeah. I thought it that's, sometimes it didn't come across as like a fair fight, right? It's <laughs> Brian Reed against the hillbillies. Okay. And this, where this Yale educated guy comes to this little southern town and, and works his way in where he really becomes an integral part of the story himself. And we can talk a bit about what, where I think the genius of this comes from. So let me just counter a, a little bit. So, well, so first of all, I want to establish that the reason we looked at this is because we realized that S-Town is this short series that was produced had, uh, what did the Wikipedia say, 40 million downloads or something? Yeah. In the first four days, it had 10 million downloads. And then in the first year, it had 40 million. And that was our, you know, by 2017 now, in by 2022, yeah. boy, I can only imagine the numbers. Okay. So this was very, very successful fairly early in this genre, I think, of this kind of storytelling as a podcast, uh, as the primary channel for which it was uh, distributed. So, so anyway, but that was several years ago yeah. that he did S-Town, and then we saw that he had come back now with another story, right. the Trojan Horse Affair. And so as you were saying, uh, S-Town is set in this kind of southern town. You call them hillbillies. We apologize to <laughs> all folks who <laughs> be, uh, hopefully no one's offended by that. But it draws the contrast to him and his background and this environment that he found himself in telling this story and, and interviewing all of these characters. In The Trojan Horse is in uh, England. Yeah. And so this is a, a British story with British characters. So again, you have this American who's kind of out of his element culturally. He sounds different. And I think to some degree, this affects his relationship to the story and the characters they're interviewing because they see him as an outsider. So, so that seems to be an interesting part of the way he likes to tell these stories as an outsider coming in and trying to get people to really talk and tell him the truth. Now, another difference, though, is the story, the, the Trojan Horse Affair, is actually co-hosted by a local Muslim man who is a journalist there. His name is Hamza Syed. And Hamza actually initiates the contact with Brian to get him to come over and do this investigation with him. So that's a lot like the situation in this podcast because Brian was contacted via email okay. by um, John B. McMore, the, the protagonist in the, in the S-Town story. Okay. And he basically just wrote him an email that said, hey, I'm John B. McLemore and I live in S-Town, uh, you know, Alabama. <laughs> All right, let's clarify this. S-Town thing, right? What is S-Town really 
Right. So the S in, in, in S down stands for shit. And John McLemore truly believes that he lives in the worst town in America. I should have got out of this goddamn fucking shit town in my 20s. I should have done something useful with my life. Okay. He hates everybody. He hates that he still lives there. He hates the, the town folk. He hates that he has to exist in this town. So is the story about him or about the town? Why is this such an interesting story that 40 million people wanted to listen to it? Right. So this becomes a fascinating story because of John B. McLemore. And, and Brian Reed is brought to this town in central Alabama from this email, but under the under the pretense that John B. McLemore believes that an individual in this town has murdered somebody and that he, and that it was covered up and that he should come down to his S-town and investigate because this has clearly been pushed under the rug because the individual that did it is part of a – or was the, the son or grandson of a very prominent family. And so the story sounds plausible, you know, so as, the, as a – premise of some intrigue. That's right. Mystery. What's interesting is that very quickly you figure out after a little bit of digging at the local library that this just didn't happen. Everything I've talked with you about, I've talked with him about. Now, he lives in Tuscaloosa. He's got too much sense to be living down here. But absolutely, I'll go over there and talk with the town lawyer every now and then. But that's it? That's all you've got? Ah, you're you're beginning to figure it out now, aren't you? So why don't I move... And so then you, not, you try and figure out, what's John B. McLemore really trying to do? And it becomes a story about him. And it's, it becomes a, a fascinating look at, uh, at this But it is a life. true story. This is not fiction. These are real people, real town. I'm pretty confident that this is re- a reasonably well-told yeah. story. I think they, they did interview the mayor, I think, at the end. And, and he said, well, you know, it's like any storytelling, right? This as it passes from person to person, maybe the context is lost a bit. But I, I like to think that this is pretty representative of this man's life. Okay. Um, so different, again, in the Trojan Horse Affair, this is uh, an extremely well-documented set of events and activities. And so the, the Trojan horse is actually, it's a referenced in a letter, an anonymous letter that gets delivered. And it actually causes this huge controversy in the UK. And there's books written on it. There's a TV documentary. There's many, many, many articles had been written over a period of years. And what Hamza is after is... It's about a letter that surfaced in my city and had huge consequences for Britain. This letter launched four government investigations, changed our national policy and ended careers. It's hurt some of the country's most vulnerable children. A letter that many people who've seen it agree is ridiculous. But no one knows who wrote the letter. So this is what Hamza was after. He invited Brian Reed to come to England and help him answer this question. Who wrote the letter and why? How long do you think it took? So what's interesting about this one is that when these emails started to appear from John B. McLemore, Brian didn't immediately pack his bags and head down to (laughs) Birmingham, Alabama. 
I, and initially he didn't, I think, believe it. So, and this took, I think, over a year. You know, did he bite immediately on this story? Oh, no. I think, so the, the letter and the controversy when it happened is like 2014. I think it was about 2017 when Hamza first reached out to Brian and, you know, tried to convince him to come. So literally at least three or four years uh, before the publication of this story, the, the Trojan Horse Affair as a podcast, this was multiple, multiple years of investigation and interviews and you think digging. He would have, you think he would have listened to S-Town first before doing this? Hamza. I, I can't answer that. Okay. I don't know. Maybe. He certainly knew who Brian Reed was. Yeah. I, now, I, what we don't know is did he reach out to a bunch of journalists? Maybe. And Brian's just the guy, the guy who, that bit on it. who came back. Yeah. Yeah, that's an interesting angle I hadn't really thought about. But we digress a little bit. Our podcast is about what did they do, right? What did Brian do so effectively, first in S-Town, now in the Trojan horse affair that makes these great listening and keeps you going, right? So right. why do you keep listening? And I'll admit, you know, I listened to the entire thing. There was no cheating in this. Every yes. second. Yeah, exactly. And he did keep me engaged, right? I was anxious to listen to the next part uh, as I went through this this series. So it is a great example for podcasters out there of how to tell a story, how to keep you engaged, how to keep you hooked, right? We always talk about the hook. So I called this, the, I called it bridging. I, I thought that Brian did a great job of jumping, bridging between his parts. So he always finished one with a teaser of what's coming, right? So, and you see this in TV shows and, and stuff too, right? In TV series where they, they leave you hanging. So he does this brilliantly, I think, throughout this series. So anyone who's interested in in really studying that and figuring out how to do this in their own podcasts, the Trojan Horse Affair is an excellent example of, of that technique. And I'll, I'll actually going to play one particular bridge. I think this is from part six. So we'll play that. Next, on the Trojan Horse Affair. Officials tell us we've gotten the story all wrong. So wrong, they threatened to go to a judge to gag us from talking to you about it. And we realize, actually, we did miss something. That's coming up in The Detail of the Deputies. That was the voice of Hamza Syed, the co-host with Brian Reed on The Trojan Horse Affair. Hey, Mike, I want to take a quick moment to thank our friends from the Discovery Shark Week. I'm a big fan of Shark Week, and the folks at Discovery have some really cool collectibles and toys and exclusive deals for Shark Week. They have offered our listeners a discount on Shark Week merchandise on Amazon. We've got a link and a discount code in the show notes. This offer is only good until September 6th, so don't miss out. I mean, I read lots of articles on this. One of the things that I read about was this concept of being a homodigenic narrator, 
This means that our, yeah, you better clarify yeah. that term. So right, homo, <laughs> homodiegetic narrator means that you are someone who tells a story that you were also a part of. And to me, this is at least in S Town the ultimate genius. He he states the facts. They're they're constantly vague as he tells this story, and he stages himself in this manner where he's sort of this fallible listener rather than the storyteller who knows exactly what the outcome is. And this allows him to sort of take you along on the journey, despite the fact that he's the author. It's almost like he's also in the discovery phase. And to okay. me, this is the genius. So he's he's incorporated himself. He's become a friend of the main protagonist. Okay. And he's able to use this friendship to sort of gain access to all the other people in the town, as well as other people that have distant relationships with John B. Macmore. That is quite fascinating because as you constantly listen to S-Town, you do feel like you're, you're involving yourself in something that you shouldn't be listening to. Now, I think it's important to understand that John B. Macmore turns out to be what he calls himself a semi-homosexual. So there's also these <laughs> sexual elements. So okay. it's not only about this horologist living in this small town taking care of his mother, but there's sort of these gay elements that kind of run through the podcast. And there has been criticism that, in fact, they should never have produced this, that this was too private, that there were things that were told okay. about John B. Macmore that we're not really sure he wanted out. I completely disagree. I, I don't think he yeah. thought there was any murder. He completely wanted this to be all about him. And unfortunately, in the in the second episode, at the end, you you learn that uh, John B. has has committed suicide. And this is what causes you to sort of stay on, right? You figured yeah. out that there's not this murder, that this precursor to get him to Alabama. He has killed himself. And now Brian Reed is on a mission to try and figure out why. Why did this man kill himself? So it becomes a story about a man's life and, and yeah. why this individual chose to end it. Okay. So in the Trojan horse affair, Brian isn't so much uh, immersing himself into the story, but his co-host, Hamza, this is really, really personal for him. Right. And in fact, there's some very interesting interactions between them because, you know, this is Hamza's life. Right, he's a, a Muslim himself, Pakistani community, and he has been, you know, personally discriminated against. And this whole story infuriates him of how this community was treated, how these faculty members were treated, and so he gets angry repeatedly. And and you have these interactions between Brian and Hamza as Brian's trying to kind of coach oh. Hamza and say, "Look, as a journalist." You can't yell at people during an interview, right? You don't get the information you want when you get so emotional like that. And and Hamza comes right back, F you, yeah. you know, <laughs> how can you be so calm and sit there and listen to this? You know, and he just goes off. But it also goes to part of the technique I thought was really, really interesting and, and made the story more engaging is that you do have all of this kind of interaction between the two of them as they talk about 
how are we going to get these letters? How are we going to get them to talk to us? The, you know, you, you hear the rearranging the furniture as they move into Hamza's parents' flat and they take over a bedroom to become their headquarters for this thing. And so, so yeah, they are part of the story. Absolutely. A, an element yeah, I mean, of this the, the is their interaction. Certainly in S Town as well, the conversation between the two. Um, yeah. And, and the fact that even as this sort of New Yorker, who bizarrely ends up in this small Alabama town. It's amazing how non-judgmental he is, despite the fact that there are racial tensions within this community. There's yep. obviously the homosexuality element. And yet everybody's talking about, oh, he's got a little bit of sugar in his tank, you know, when they refer. <laughs> so it's constantly, yeah. it's, it's obviously out there. And yet he's able to expose it but there's certainly no judgment at all. And he's able to freely, as a result, move amongst the town. They accept him as an individual and, yeah. they, and they open up to him, much like in your case of, of Hazem. Hamza. Hamza. So, but in the case of Hamza, th- this is, it's really, really personal for him. And he actually does some stuff that's really destructive uh, counter to their efforts. Uh, at one point, he sends a letter and just, basically lays it out there saying, you know, I never believe this. I never believe that. I think this person's lying. I think that person's lying. And this gets back at them as a reason why nobody's going to answer your questions. Basically, if you continue, we may investigate you guys you hmm. know, in this thing. And Brian is furious. So, so yes, they are. they become part of the story. Now, I do have to say, you know, I listened to the entire thing, seven hours, And I was pissed at the end when after all of that and you thought they were finally going to get that key piece of information and be able to definitively say who wrote the letter. And it just ended in the frustration of the guy who they think could have told them, who could have confessed, refused to talk to them. Hmm. And it just ended. Oh, you got to be kidding me. After seven hours, I want to know who wrote the letter. And, um, you know, they suspected and you had theories and, you know, they'd drawn you down this whole path and then you don't find out in the end. Yeah. It was still worth telling the story, even if we can't, you know, get somebody to confess. But Hamza was in this to, to nail this down. He wanted, you know, somebody to be held accountable for this lie and yeah. putting this letter out there you know he wanted the world to see that you know this was a travesty on his community and that somebody would be held accountable for it and it didn't happen well i think there's some parallels with s town in in the in the sense that obviously you you were drawn in because you thought there was a murder obviously there wasn't yeah. and there was a suicide did you ever definitively figure out why this occurred no there's some speculation that as part of his work, he was doing uh, mercury gilding and that this was giving him basically mad hatter's disease, essentially destroying him. But in the end, it didn't really matter. What you, what you learned about was this guy who made this really insurmountable challenge out of living. And that was the fascinating part. It was the okay. story about yeah. This man. It didn't it didn't matter because the yeah. story was told so beautifully. So, and by the way, I have not uh, unlike you who read reviews of S Town, I have not gone out and read any other reviews or stuff. So, it will be interesting to see 
what people are writing about this one and, and how many other people felt like I did that they were disappointed in the end because there was no tying it up with a bow. Right. It literally just ended with Hamza standing in this school in Australia. Okay. And the guy's behind a door five feet away and won't come out. And it just kind of ends there. <laughs> That's the end of the story. You're just like, oh my God, we're out of time. We huh. have to leave Perth and this guy won't talk to us. We're never going to know. And so- I, I can yeah. see, don't get me wrong. I think when you listen to that kind of podcast, maybe after you know seven hours of listening, you're expecting it to be yeah. wrapped up. So right. this never happened in S-Town. So S-Town, <laughs> as far as format goes, I think it starts with typically conversation, often Brian Reed talking, yeah. and then they start to play some music. That is very sort of mysterical kind of music that you would get with your regular crime show. Yeah. So it sounds like they're trying to frame it as if this is some sort of mystery. Yeah. But it's it's not, right? But it, that kind of hooks you for each chapter. Right. And then at the end, every episode ends with this song called Rose for Emily by the Zombies. Plays at the end of each yeah. chapter. Well, we're going to play. We will play it at the end of ours. Yes. It, it, yeah. it, really is, it really is worth listening to. So I do want to comment also on the effort and elaborate production of this. One of the things, and, and again, I talked about like hearing furniture moving around and stuff. So a lot of the recording in this is not like studio quality, great audio, right? There's a lot of this out in the field. They're interviewing people. They're in the car talking while they're waiting for somebody to appear somewhere or hoping to catch somebody you know, coming out of their house. There was one that I thought was uh, particularly effective in terms of kind of setting the mood. It is right at the end, they're, they're trying to get this guy, and Hamza wants to go pray. Hamza wandered over to a grassy knoll overlooking the Indian Ocean. There was a breeze blowing. He prayed. Good prayer. Good prayer. Good spot. Felt strong. Yeah. Yeah. Really nice. Really, really was nice. You can hear the wind blowing across the microphone. and But you just, it brings you there, right? You just, you feel like I am there. Oh, and if you say this anticipation through all of this story. We, right. Oh, well, I would say yeah. that the same genius exists in S-Town. So he's constantly, he really wants people to know that he's recording their conversation. So, and he plays it like he, honestly, yeah. he'll, he'll say throughout, Oh, you know, what? I'm going to record this, right? Like he wants people to know that they're, yeah. that they're being, that they're being recorded. But most of the, of the recording is out on the field, just recorded on his cell phone. And what he's able to capture is quite amazing. Yeah. Now I did read a bit about the production. He says that originally they had this out at uh, nine episodes or chapters. They cut it back. The production was took three years. It was all storyboarded out. He eventually said the storyboard didn't work. He eventually turned it into um, index cards that they were able to arrange. And the story goes back in time. So it's not told from beginning to end. So, so right, you, you right. do go back and forth. And so there was, it was, you know, brilliantly done to, to piece it all together to tell exactly the story that they wanted to tell. Yeah. No, this was, it was a fun one to go through this process. And review this because it is quite different than the, the typical kinds of podcasts we have been reviewing. And I really enjoy the process. It also makes me want to go out and find more of these great stories told 
for this one, for S-Town, I think it gets lumped in amongst the crime um, genre. Yeah. Um, but that's really not fair. And most of the reviews that I read said that this really was that they'd broken ground on this new genre beyond sort of even pop culture. It was a, it was a very unique storytelling type of podcast and that they really broke ground yep. for it. You know, I think you've got to listen to it just because I think it's the, the basis for what has become this really storytelling genre of, yes. of on podcasting. All right. Well, that was our review of S-Town and the Trojan Horse Affair with Brian Reed. You've been listening to No Harm in Asking with Eric Byron and Michael Kerr. Thanks for listening. I hope you subscribe. Tell all your friends. Before we go, we're going to leave you with just a little bit of The Zombies, A Rose for Emily. This podcast is sponsored by Colab.me, the free-to-use platform for interview planning, preparation, and collaboration.